0: Welcome to Christchurch. The following is a homily from our Sunday morning gathering in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Enjoy. Imagine this. I am a seven-year-old with a large straw hat on, oversized snow boots, and a large walking stick in my hand. We had just gone through a massive snowstorm and now all the snow began to melt. I thought it would be a great idea to follow, to play the game Follow the Leader with my twin brother and a neighborhood friend, Bill. I would be the leader, naturally. I decided to lead them around the back of our property behind the chain link fence to an alley-like ravine that was between our house and the acreage where a farmer was still planting wheat. Little did I know that this ravine was a deep mud sinkhole. Well, needless to say, I led all of us into this mud hole. It looked like great fun. Halfway through, we all began to get stuck. The more we moved, the more we began to sink into the mud. I was able to get out. I had a stick. However, my brother and Bill were sinking fast into the mud. They didn't realize the more they struggled to get out, the worse they made it. It was too late. They were stuck. They both started to cry and I was going to go back and I was not gonna go back into the mud to rescue them. I tried to get our babysitter to help but she would not go out there. We would have to wait until my older brother, Steven, came home from work. I even went to Bill's house and his mother and sister laughed at them from their back porch. They decided to wait for Steve too. The more they laughed, the louder the boys cried. I felt terrible, but they should have had their own walking stick. That's a thought of a seven-year-old. The two boys were eventually pulled out of the mud. All was well, but their shoes were lost deep in the mud. I wanted to be a good leader, but I had no idea about the mud hole. The follow the leader game was a disaster. Leadership. We've all been under an ineffective leader at one time. Maybe it was a sibling, a teacher, or a boss, or perhaps you were the ineffective person at leading. We've all experienced it on some level. This morning, our gospel story focuses on someone who wants to be our leader through life. In fact, he calls himself the good shepherd. Today, I would like for us to focus on listening to the shepherd's voice The narrative today has a backstory with two very different individuals holding conversations with Jesus, a blind man and the Pharisees. The blind man responds to Jesus and his life is radically changed physically and spiritually. Later, he's rejected from the temple and Jesus goes to find him and the man realizes that Jesus is God. The other group in the story had their lives built around the Torah and the Scriptures and were spiritual leaders. They wanted everyone to see their righteous acts and their heart, but their heart was far from God. They made God into a vengeful judge without love or any kind of compassion, especially for the untouchables, the outcasts, and sinners of society. If they were truly following God and caring for the flock of Israel they would have been thrilled the blind men could see praising God for the miracle instead the Pharisees were more upset about the healing that took place on the Sabbath and that Jesus was the miracle maker the religious leaders knew well their hebrew scriptures and how God was portrayed as a shepherd for his people Israel it was a familiar metaphor The Old Testament is filled with metaphors of God shepherding his people. There have been many times the Hebrews have gone astray from God, yet God never abandoned them. The Pharisees would have been familiar with Psalm 23, read this morning. Psalm 23 is one of the most famous passages of the Bible, memorized by many, giving comfort, strength, and encouragement for today. When Jesus declared he was the good shepherd in the presence of the Pharisees, he was equating himself with God, making the Pharisees indignant. Jesus illustrated a very different view of entering into God's kingdom, not by obeying commandments and purity laws, but by putting our faith in him as Lord and Savior. In the previous verses, Jesus radically proclaimed he is the gate to the fold and the ultimate good shepherd. The religious leaders of the day were so wrapped up in their purity laws and observances, they were spiritually dead on the inside. Outward appearances were more important than what was really going on in their heart. God was in their midst and they could not, would not see him in Jesus or listen to God himself. The word of God in flesh dwelt among them. Israel's history is rich with corrupted leaders who were just like the hired hand who ran away from protecting the flock when trouble came. Shepherds know their sheep. Really good shepherds can tell the difference between each animal, their voices, when they are troubled, ill, afraid, and even hungry. They know what is best for their flock and will risk their lives for the safety of the sheep. And likewise, the sheep know their shepherd. Sheep can distinguish their shepherd's voice and follow even when they are mixed up with another flock. It is an intimate relationship. You and I are sheep. I know sheep may not be known for their intelligence, but they need a leader to protect them and to care for them. Otherwise, they will lose their way trying to find pasture and be destroyed by predators. They need a leader, just as you and I need spiritual shepherds to guide and direct us in the ways of God. Our parish has been blessed to have Father Everett and Father Justin and our deacons Bill and Judy. Each of us have been blessed by their leadership. And I'm sure if our spiritual leaders are leading us in the ways of Jesus corporately, and each of us parishioners are following Christ individually, God will and continue to use Christ church in making a difference in our community and world. As believers, we are bombarded by voices coming at us from all directions. Culture, social media, friends, news, gossip, family, politics, you name it. Sometimes it can be very difficult to discern which voice to listen to, and which ones to follow. In this day and age, we have been conditioned ourselves to be constantly stimulated. We become a generation that does not know how to just sit quietly alone with our thoughts, let alone with God. No wonder people feel distant from God. God isn't getting a chance. A study was published a few years ago, and I believe it is still relevant today. The University of Virginia in Charlottesville concluded that people would rather be electrically shocked than left alone with their thoughts. 67% of men and 25% of women chose to inflict electrical shock upon themselves rather than to just sit quietly and think. Many of us are locked into our cell phones day and night. Some even sleep with their phones. Many cannot go an hour without checking their social media or personal emails. We have become a generation where everyone else's voice matters more than listening to God's. When was the last time you took a deep breath and quieted yourself in the presence of God? The Good Shepherd is always present, listening and speaking to his flock. Perhaps we are just too busy in the concerns of life to discern God's voice from the noise. A few months ago, I was on my way to the bank at 61st and Lewis, and I had been praying. I'd been asking God, what do you want me to do? I had several pressing things on my mind, and I kept praying, God, I need a sign. God, I need to hear your voice. What do you want me to do? So I kept praying and I left my car and I was walking into the bank and right before I got to the door, I heard this loud voice that said, wait, wait. And I jumped up and I go, okay God, I'm waiting, I'm waiting. And the voice kept going, wait, wait. I turned and looked and it was the intersection, the light was speaking, wait, wait. I said, okay God, I'm going to wait. I will wait on you. And that for me was a sign that waiting was important. As a follower of Christ, I felt most of my time is spent in the space of waiting. Waiting for God to speak. Waiting for God to answer. Waiting for the movement of God. Yet I hate waiting. I've always been a person of action. But it's in the waiting that God works with us directly in developing the character needed when the answer is given. When God does answer our prayers or we receive that voice speaking to us from deep within, God may say yes or yes but not now or even no, I have something better. The main point for us is to listen and discern the voice of God and how to proceed from there. Corey ten Boom, a Holocaust survivor, wrote, if you want to hear God's voice clearly and you are uncertain, then remain in his presence until he changes this uncertainty. Much can happen during this time of waiting on the Lord. Sometimes he changes pride into humility, doubt into faith and peace, sometimes lust into purity. The Lord can and will do it. Waiting is a part of listening to the voice of God, receiving direction for life and strength for the journey. And when God does speak, we should be ready to listen. Just being able to hear the whispering voice of the Holy Spirit speaking in our innermost being is what we all should desire. Evelyn Underhill an Anglican theologian and mystic said, many people feel unaware of any guidance, unable to discern or understand the signals of God, not because the signals are not given, but because the mind is too troubled, clouded, and hurried to receive them. She continues, God is always coming to you in the sacrament of the present moment meet and receive him there with gratitude in that sacrament. If you're not hearing God's voice in your life, perhaps you have pushed him out of your daily routine. We can find God speaking to us when we read his word, taking time to listen when we pray, not just talking, but real listening. We have a wonderful resource in our book of common prayer called The Daily Office, I promise if you spend time with God's Word prayer and meditation you will hear the Lord speaking to your heart let the Holy Spirit stir within you throughout our day God is constantly speaking to us it might be a song that was played on the radio while you're going to work that you needed to hear a smile from a stranger a hug a surprise rainbow your pet waiting for you when you get home, even listening to a friend sharing their struggles. God can speak anywhere and anytime to you. We just have to anticipate and expect it. The shepherd will speak. The Holy Spirit is constantly working in our hearts and minds by conforming us to the good shepherd. If we are following Jesus and listening to his voice and imitating Christ, others will see it and maybe they will want to follow Christ too. Seth Barnes writes, God will speak to us if we slow down enough to just listen and allow him to speak. Isn't that what we really want? An intimate relationship with Christ? Christ desires to be intimately involved in our lives. He just doesn't want you to hear him. He wants you to experience him and to experience Him so you can know Him. Christ desires in being our companion along life's way. You are here this morning. Maybe you're expecting a message from Christ. I don't know. But I do know Christ speaks directly to us in the Mass. The readings, the prayers, the music, the homily, the Eucharist are all vital in hearing God's voice. But what about the other six days of the week? Is Jesus still shepherding and speaking? Yes. Christ desires to speak to us through our everyday lives, to be our shepherd. If you are here this morning or online, and you are exploring this whole thing about Jesus, I encourage you to find a Bible and read about the life of Jesus and meditate upon his words. He will speak directly to you and in your very own circumstance of life. You are welcomed here. Ask questions, observe us as a flock. Do we love God, worship Christ, love each other? Are we warm and loving towards you? Do you sense that we're walking in the ways of Jesus? Just as Jesus invited Andrew one day, he said, come and see. His life was radically changed. He placed his trust in Christ. The Good Shepherd can be trusted. How do we know the Good Shepherd can be trusted? He's traveled this path before. Unlike me as a seven-year-old with a big stick and oversized snow boots, he's not like that. He will not abandon you nor leave you stuck in the mud and the mire of life. How do we know we can trust the Good Shepherd? He's traveled this path before. He came as a lamb himself. He knows what it's like to be human, to suffer, to love, to be deceived, to lose loved ones, and to die a gruesome, horrific, public death. He chose to lay down his life, bearing all the sins of humanity upon his shoulders, and then took it again by rising from the dead. I ask one more time, how do we know we can trust the shepherd? He's traveled this path before. He is the way, the truth, and the life. This time he comes as the glorious resurrected Christ. He will not just walk before us, he will walk beside us through all of life's journey. And sometimes he will carry you. And then we can say with confidence, surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Amen. Thank you for listening. For more, go to ChristChurchTulsa.org. And peace be with you.